Hey, what's up, everybody? This is just your friendly reminder that this podcast is sponsored by the book sales of Rewilding the Modern Man and Awakening the Tranquil Warrior. The first book is written by yours truly, Trenton Sweet, and the second one, Awakening the Tranquil Warrior, is written by my wife, Caitlin, and myself. We are also sponsored by participation, memberships, packages, and the such from Energy Fitness Studio outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. We are also sponsored by The Old Road Farm, which is a local, organic, grass-fed and finished, regenerative farm in Washington, Pennsylvania. You can check them out at theoldroadfarm.com. Welcome back to the Energy Fitness Podcast. Uh, Today, our guest is Hannah Joyce. And before we get started down this path of enlightenment, just want to remind everybody that we are sponsored by Energy Fitness Studio and the book sales of Rewilding the Modern Man and Awakening the Tranquil Warrior. And today, like I said, we have Hannah Joyce today, and we're super excited. Uh, This is the second time we've got to sit down with her, the first time I fucked up and deleted the episode, so (laughs) we get to do it again, (laughs) and this time it will be even better. So um, I could sit here and try to introduce you and all the great things that you do and have, but I feel like I wouldn't do it justice, just like I feel like with most of our guests. So if you want to try to introduce yourself. Take the wheel. (laughs) Take the wheel. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so funny because this is like Katie and Trenton and I were talking a little bit before we started the episode. And it's like when someone asks you who you are, it's like, oh, God, (laughs) (laughs) like, where do I start type five? But I'm just going to give and I I spoke to Katie and Trenton, too. And I just said that, like, I was I said a prayer on the way over here and I have so much to share. And I feel like I just unlocked my throat chakra around a lot of this sharing just like the depth of the truth of who I am, which can feel so scary. Mm-hmm. So, so scary. It's like super edgy because when you share, it, it takes a strength of core. Cause when you share things that are like, it's not that I've ever been, it's not that I've ever been inauthentic. Like authenticity is like one of my highest values. It's just that there's a depth to which you're willing to go to that yeah, place. Correct. Like how much of myself am I willing to be, to show in this situation uh-huh. in the fear of like, how are people going to receive me? Yeah. How is it going to, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's a vulnerability thing for sure. And like I said, authenticity, vulnerability, is some of my highest values. And it's a, it's a human thing mm-hmm. of like developing that strength of core and walking yourself through those fires to get to the point where I'm, it's like, I love, love who I am I'm okay with who I am I know that it's of highest service to me for me to be in the fullest expression of who I am and if that makes you turn away or may, or, or like turns you off I still love you like I love that I love that for you I love I love you as a person and that has ta- has been such a journey for me getting to that point of like other people's opinions from outside of me not crushing me or causing me to shape shift or um, basically like filter what it is that I'm willing to share so I'm just like feeling really grateful in this moment for this Mm -hmm. space that you two have created for me to come on and and start and honestly like truthfully meet the edge of my voice I don't know what's going to come through today (laughs) that's perfect I really don't there's been so much I there I've lived lifetimes in the past six months like in earth time I feel like I I've narrowed it down to I live about a year in six months like every month is about two months for me it feels like in the amount that I fit into and amount that comes through me yeah and so it's just been like three years of building and building and building. And now I feel like it's like, it's time. Like spirits, like it's time, baby. Like we're going. So I'm open, I'm willing. And that's always the first thing that I say is like, take me wherever you want to take me, but it happens quick. So 
I'm not going to try and share everything with you. I'm just going to share what's alive and true and know that that is whatever comes through today is what's going to be in highest service to the listeners and is going to be the messages that people are meant to receive. So it's a really powerful position to be in, Anna. That's a powerful spot to stand in. Yes, 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 yes. I love that. And if anybody's listening and they're, you know, stuck in that same position or the position prior of kind of being in that people-pleasing position. Mm-hmm. Um, I can definitely validate a lot of my life. I've tried, shape-shifting's a great word. I used to call it a chameleon mm-hmm. um, because I would get in an environment and because I wanted to be accepted and liked and like whether that environment was good for me or not, I wanted to be in it and I wanted to have this count on my hands of friends rather than like this soulful tribe and it's so funny when I had the count on my hand friends like um it was so much less even though I thought when I would be my more authentic self that my friends would dwindle well they did for a minute Mm -hmm. but then I gained like triple the amount so if not quadruple of real people and it grows constantly yeah like just organically the more you're you mm-hmm. and then like but before when I would try to shape shift or chameleon into these separate groups of people because I thought they were cool or I thought you know I want them to like me because they seem like they would be of value if they did like me to my life and I could be of their life but then like we would hang out and I'd like be drained or like Oof. never feel real connection or like couldn't spill your guts to them or like hid things about yourself from them because it didn't fit their agenda and like that is a struggle point and you don't realize you're there until you meet authentic people and you're like whoa I really vibe with them well why or is it because they allow you to be your authentic self and they Mm. hold that space for you like that you can be like holy shit, I can say whatever I want around them and they don't judge me because the people that judge a lot are casting so much judgment on themselves constantly. The mirror effect that what they say to you is just a mirror of how they feel inside and that's honest truth. Yeah, absolutely. So well said. And that's why that's why I take this path so seriously is because for me, like... I feel that the purpose that I was assigned here is really fucking cool. Like spirits just like go be yourself. Like as as much as yourself as you can be, go be that because I like that's activating yeah. for people and that's what I mean. People are either going to look at you and they're going to see parts of themselves reflected back that they're suppressing or that they're ashamed of and that's going to be triggering. Mm-hmm. Or they're going to look at you and they're going to see parts of themselves that they want to come online, that they admire within themselves that they don't even know exist yet or haven't acknowledged yet. And either way, no matter what it is in the spectrum, it has nothing to do with you. Yeah. It yeah. has everything to do with their experience. And so for me, it's like, how deep into my authenticity can I go? How brave can I be? And this journey that we're talking about, Katie, that I resonate with so deeply with the people pleasing, it's like, that was such, and I, I can speak to it now that I feel, I'm not healed from it, but I have come a really long way and I can see it, I can have separation from it. Mm-hmm. It's like, it doesn't control me anymore. I can see when my people pleasing tendencies want to come online and I can wave at them and be like, hi girl, I love you. I've got you. No worries. Like, yeah. it's all good. But for me, where I'm at in my journey now and actually just going through a huge healing with this around the spring equinox is realizing and understanding that my, the function of my people-pleasing came from an inability to choose myself. 
I came into, I was born into a lineage with some serious worthiness wounds to heal. I came into this life with a Chiron in Virgo, which is a fundamental worthiness wound, of course, because that was the work that I was here to do. So it's like, even though I have this bubbly, effervescent, like sunshiny soul, and I, I do love to give love and I love people so much, it's taken a lot of work for me to get to a point where I approve of myself so deeply that whether or not other people approve of me from the outside actually doesn't affect me. Mm-hmm. It's all about loving yourself first. It has to be. Yeah. It's like, it's like, of course I want you to choose me. Like, if we yeah. vibe, if you're my people, like, yeah, amazing. And also, if you don't choose me, it's okay. And I still love you because I choose me. <clears throat> and that was the biggest journey that I've, that I, that's one of the biggest journeys that I've been through in life. It's just like understanding that the moments where I felt the most pain in life, it wasn't because the boy didn't choose me. It wasn't because the friends turned on me. It was because I didn't have the strength in that moment to choose myself. I didn't have my own back. Correct. Yeah. That's what was the most painful. A hundred percent. Yeah. And then that creates, I as well, unworthy and distrust in myself. Like Mm. I, a long time, a really long time. And again, like just now working through a lot of that too over the last two years working through that and that's kind of when you know I really started waking up spiritually um but realizing how much I put trust in exterior sources like how often I let other people make my decisions and I didn't know I was doing that and a lot of people don't know they're doing that like you really don't like when you're like oh I can't figure out what I want to wear today so you like look to your girlfriend or whatever and you're like what should I wear today what are you wearing to the event how many of us women do that I'm sure men do it too um and you're like uh what are you wearing to the baby shower what are you wearing to the bridal shower because you put the trust in somebody else to tell you what you should wear to the event, what's appropriate to wear. Yeah. And maybe what color is appropriate or style clothing is appropriate to the wedding mm. or the baby shower or bridal shower. Um, and you ask them. Or so often, too, you put the choice whether or not you work out in somebody else's hands. You trust somebody else to hold you accountable to show up to your workout practice. We all do it. We all have workout buddies at the beginning. We all did. But, like not realizing that you're sitting there saying like texting your friend i did it hey are you going to you know like sculpt in the morning and they're like oh i don't think so immediately your decision's made you're not going but you let somebody else you trusted somebody else's opinion about what you should be doing with your body and you didn't even realize that when you asked your friend if they were going and then you chose not to show because they weren't showing yeah that is straight up signs that you are not trusting who you are and what you need to be doing. Yeah. And like, I, you know, so often, and those were like things I started to realize I was doing. I was like, easy to do. it's easy to become codependent yeah. because then you put that responsibility on someone else mm-hmm. where if it goes wrong or if it wasn't appropriate or whatever, well, someone else made that decision. Not yes. So, now you're not responsible. Yeah. Not so full responsibility. And then all of a sudden you're like, you're afraid to go places by yourself. You're afraid to go to the store by yourself, shopping by yourself, get gas by yourself, like um, all these things. And you're like, well, it's because I'm afraid of such and such happening or be without your phone or whatever. But maybe it's really because you don't have the sturdiness inside yourself because you didn't have your own back at Mm. some point. You had a turning point where you abandoned yourself in the light of others. So you said, you know what? 
I'm going to change a little bit so that I can fit in with that person in crowd. A lot of times that happens in middle school or, you know, elementary school. And you're like, I want that boy to like me. I've, I've been there too. I want, so I transitioned maybe my exterior look because it fit the scene for those people. And then you're abandoning this person and you don't even realize it because you're trying to fit in. And we all go through it. So you turn your back to her. And then now here you are in your 20s trying to get her back. Mm -hmm. And you're like, I don't even remember who she was because mm. she seems so unfamiliar. What was the start of your journey? Because mm -hmm. you were a D1 athlete. Right? Yes. What, what sport yeah, yeah, yeah. Was basketball. That. Basketball, mm -hmm. that's yeah. what we thought. Yeah, so D1 basketball athlete. Yeah. And but tell us about that because you walked us through it last time. Yeah, I um, I think my I think being brought up as an athlete had a lot to do with um, a lot of who I became. I'm still partially on what you were saying because I was yes, I, I, there's so much that I resonate with. But I'm gonna drop into this. I think that um, being an athlete had a lot to do with who I became. Like when I was, and it, it honestly played into the people pleasing too. Like let's just be serious. Like if I could please my coaches, and I'm like I was, I was gifted as an athlete. I was playing up two grades in basketball. I played up with my sister in soccer. I played for my whole like from as soon as I could all the way up until high school for soccer, and as soon as I could and through like all the way up until my sophomore year of college for basketball. And it's really funny because there have been moments in my path where I, I look back and I'm like, did I even like sports? <laughs> and I really ask myself, and I, like I did. I get to that point where I'm like, of course you did. Like I had so much fun. I made so many memories. But there's also there also was an element of like, I'm good at this and I can receive approval through doing it. Mm -hmm. And it makes me feel good to be good at it. And so I think that that really, like, that really was kind of the start of my journey. The, the start of me really finding who I am was when I decided to walk away from, from basketball my college, uh, my sophomore year of college. It was a, I was on a D1 um, mid really, really high-level mid-major, Green Bay, Wisconsin, um, with my sister. She had graduated the year prior, and I had redshirted. And I just, like, I, there were a couple of things that happened, and I just... It wasn't meant for me. I know that now, but th at the time, like it completely shattered me. It broke my heart. It like, and not only that, but that's when I really lost my sense of self. Was leaving that environment because I it had been my identifier, for and I know so many high level athletes go through this of like they, we have that that thing that we're good at for our whole lives and it shapes so much of who we are that when that's gone, it's like who am I without that? Yeah, yeah, that's what I would introduce myself as. Like, yeah. yeah. What you lead with. Yeah, Correct. Mm -hmm. Right. To get respect. It's how everybody knows you, too, mm -hmm. all through high school. Oh, you're Hannah. Or you're Sarah's sister. And oh, they knew Sarah as the athlete, too. Or, oh, you're Hannah. And, you know, like it was always associated with athletics. And that's not something I'm super grateful for my, my connection to athletics because I learned things through that journey that really helped shape me mm -hmm. um, and who I am. And I know that that was part of it. And I also know the other, the shadow side of it that so many of us go through when we leave our sport and trying to find that sense of identity that's outside of that not only that but like reshaping everything rewriting my relationship with exercise like not feeling like i needed to be feeling like i was going to puke in order for it to be worth it like really going through that whole journey of like okay who am i and what do i want to do and what do i like and what brings me joy because that was one of that was the reason i left school because when i when i left basketball my sophomore year i studied abroad for the second semester I came back and they were like, what do you want to do? You know, it's time to pick a major. And I was like, I was like, 
what? I'm like, I don't even know what I want for breakfast tomorrow. All of my gen eds, I picked my gen eds based off of who my, what, like what classes my teammates were in and which uh, ones fit my basketball schedule. Like I didn't actually go through that and, and figure out what I liked. So I, that was it. It was, oh yeah. I'm thinking back to little 19 year old Hannah and how it made her feel. And that was one of my biggest sources of turmoil moving forward from that point is what is my purpose? Mm because I felt like a failure in a lot of ways. And I know I celebrate that version of me. So I didn't know it was radical to make that decision to leave school and not get a bullshit degree that I didn't believe in. Like I was just, it felt second nature to me because I've always wanted to live a life of meaning, mm -hmm. which I know now is pretty radical to be willing to, to, to make a life of meaning and not just one that follows the status quo, you know? Yeah. And so that was really, leaving basketball was really the start of me finding my way and it took me a long time I floated around for probably five years I worked I worked at a gym I moved out to Connecticut to live with my sister I moved back home moved to an apartment in the city moved back home worked as a waitress in the service industry like really truthfully just bumping into things um, until I moved out to Pittsburgh because Ryan and I I moved out to live with my now husband Ryan and he's from Pittsburgh and I'm from Wisconsin um, and he was born and raised here and we'd been dating for a little over a year long distance and I moved out here and I got a job at the Tags and Title Company um, where his mom worked and where he worked writing insurance. And it was the antithesis of everything that I was as a human. I never thought that I would be shuffling paperwork like living, like working in the DMV for the state. And I was grateful. I was so grateful because I had a job. And then, and then it started to, to not be so great of an environment for differing reasons. And ultimately just because I, there was no part of what I was doing that aligned with my soul. Mm. I wasn't feeling inspired, and, and, and I went through that dark night of the soul that the spiritual community talks about, and this job was my dark night of the soul because I completely, like, my capacity for joy was so low. I was so disconnected from the truth of who I am, who really I hadn't discovered yet. I hadn't discovered my truth at that point, um, but it was the thing. It was the, the thing. It was the situation that caused me to become a conscious creatrix of my life. It was the thing that caused me to like, I'm like, I, I, I wanted to do as, as so many of you listeners can probably relate with people who are working a job that they, that sucks the life out of them, where you're living for the weekend and you have the Sunday scaries and you can barely get yourself out of bed in the morning and you can't get the motivation to eat well or work out because all of your energy is going into this thing, this situation that doesn't serve you. So many, something that so many people go through. Yes. Right. And yes. so this was the situation where I was like, I wanted to do the next thing that made sense. I'm like, do I go work at Highmark? Do I go to this place? Like I wanted to have another salary. I, that's why I waited so long. Granted, so long for me, I was in this job for two years. It, it can take people a lot longer than that. But I was in this job for two years and it was the thing. And I, I finally had to get to that point. And this is different on every single person's timeline. I had to get to the point where I was like, I threw make sense into the fucking trash. <laughs> I was like, I don't care. I got to the point within me that I was like, I don't care what comes next. I just know that I can't do this anymore. So relatable. So, so relatable. relatable. I sit here and keep getting the chills because I'm thinking of both of us experiencing that in our yeah. lives. And I think at the time too where I didn't know who I was. I definitely didn't because I was in a weird transition, but so scared to let go and I'm at a point because you keep telling yourself like what you're doing is working, even though it's clearly not fucking working and you're exhausted. Mm. That's why you're exhausted because things at a time, I didn't know things could fill you up. 
as sad as that is, I didn't know things could fill you up. I thought vacations were just great because they were fun. There was new, you know what I mean? I didn't know it was actually feeling charging me. I thought it was just the abundance and the experience of newness, and maybe it was, but that charged me. Um, and so like for so long, I would do these things and always feel exhausted from them, whether they were a business I started, which was so hard to let go of because it's something you started and you feel so tied to because you have a connection to it. And I forever would let that drain me nonstop. And I would just say like, no, I can't give up on it. I can't give up on it. Like that mentality. I can't give up. I can't give up. Mm. I got to push through. I can't give up. I can't give up. But realizing it's, it was totally in misalignment. It might have been in alignment for a minute, and that's why it felt great for a minute. But things do not stay, and I think that's really important to know. Things do not stay in alignment forever. Sometimes some things do. Sometimes some things are only in alignment for a fucking day. Like, it doesn't, you don't have to stick to anything that feels wrong just because at one time it felt right. Absolutely. You know, like, yeah. and we get lost in that. And you really push the button until, like, you're like, I'm drained. I'm drained. Mm -hmm. I, it's dark. It's gloomy. I don't even know what lights me up anymore, if I'm being honest. Mm. Like, cool. I love it when I go get ice cream at this favorite ice cream place. But then you'd go and, and like, you're experiencing emotions because typically you would experience these emotions here. But they were very not present emotions. They were past emotions. They weren't it's new experiences. Stuck yeah. It's stuck in that, like, it's okay, it's good enough. Like, it's paying the bills, it's doing this, it's doing that. And you're like, uh, I don't know, I can't let it go because of this and that. And you're like, well, fuck, it just makes sense, like you said, to just stay doing what I'm doing because it's, you know, it's paying the bills and the kids are fed or whatever. And you're like, fuck it this is what I'm supposed to do. Apparently, I just gotta put my nose down and just grind it through, because that's what we're taught all the way from kids up. Like, you get to a certain age, and they're like, cool, go get a job. Doesn't matter what the job is, just go get a job. Doesn't matter if you like it, you just need to make money somehow. And that's like, the mentality in our society is to just, you just work. You work, you make money, it doesn't matter if you really love what you do, and you're supposed to go get a career, go to college, get a career, and that's your lifelong career it's supposed to be. Like. It's not taught to us that like, because they say, what do you want to be? Who do you want to be? As if there's just one choice. Mm, like you, can yeah. choose, you can choose a doctor and that's it. Like, that's not how life really is. All, like you talked about, Kate, like all the stages of life. Like you, you might be so in alignment with science or whatever when you're a child. But once you go to college, you're like, I don't like this anymore. It's not what I want to do. Or you get your degree and then you're like, fuck it. That's not what I want to do either. Right. You do something else. Yeah. That's, that's totally <laughs> normal. Like it should be, right? Like if you, if things don't fall out of alignment for you, look at this side. Like that means you're not growing. Like if, if you don't ever feel a disconnect from one thing and you always feel connected to all the same things at the same time, well then you're clearly not growing. Mm -hmm. Which is impossible, it's just not yeah. our nature. Our souls are here to expand over the course of a lifetime. So if you get stagnant, if you get stuck, you'll feel it one way or another. But um, I wanted to speak on something that you had mentioned, Trenton, that was so, oh yes, the safety piece. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the safety piece. And that, I'm honestly, what, what just came through for me just now during this conversation is, what, which I haven't actually realized before, is gratitude for my mom. Because mm. my mom was always someone who said, like, you spend so much time at your job. It should be something that you enjoy. Mm. 
which I don't think is a gift that a lot of people have to have that for sure. My mom was like, we spend so much of our lives at work. Like at least try and make sure it's something that you can, if, if not enjoy, just like where you can go clock in and clock out, like something that's not going to actively drain your joy because we spend so much of our lives working. And so I, I never even put that together that that seed was planted for me. But I think just the nature of my soul and my connection to the infinite, my connection to the cosmos, like who I am, which I didn't realize was different. Like I said, I didn't realize like these, this is something, these are things that you learn about yourself moving forward onto your path of like, oh, not everybody has access to this. Like I didn't know that this was just my reality. Like I didn't know that it was a gift, that it was special, you know? And so for me, like I know that a lot of humans on earth relate to just like this feeling of deep fear of like what comes next. And this is what I mean. Like, I need that next step that makes sense. I need the salary. I have a family to think about and all of this kind of thing. But you guys, like, and I'm sure that a lot of your listeners who are listening to this believe in magic too. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing for me is I've always believed in magic. And I didn't call it that, but I knew I've always had faith. And I knew I believe in my body as a vessel for spirit to communicate with, like, to me. I believe that my desires are my compass, are my north star, to my purpose. I believe this for every human. So the question becomes, are you then willing to do the thing? Are you willing to step off the cliff? Are you willing to step into the unknown? To see, to witness, not only who you become in the process, but the way that you're caught and the things that you're able to create because you that's, that's the nature of the unknown. You don't know what's going to happen next. But what pulls you through those moments is your faith and your, and your ability to say like, like trust in yourself too. It's like, oh my God, I'm a solution oriented human being. I don't know what's going to come next, but I trust myself to make the best of it. And I trust myself to turn it into a story that's worth telling because that's who I am and it's the life that I want to live. And so not everybody has a, a super strong access to that. I think we all have it as humans. I also think it is a gift of mine as a soul because I do have such a strong connection to there, to the infinite, to spirit, to the cosmos, the universe, to God, whatever it is that you want to call it, that I'm like, I just know that I'm going to be okay. Yeah. Because there's no reality that's going to happen where that is not, that's not the case. I'm either going to re, like go over some bumps, I'm going to experience some pain, and I'm going to be redirected into something even more in alignment. It's like, what if I choose the wrong thing? Congratulations. You learned something. Like You took a step. You can either stay stationary and ruminate over all the possible outcomes, which aren't even real. Those are all stories in your head. Or you can decide to put one foot in front of the other. And you can actually get feedback and course correct from there. Exactly. You I can't move it. forward unless you want to take a risk. That's, that's how life works. That's how I was stuck in the same career for 12 years after our kids were born. Like I was there for 12 years, but after the kids were born and I realized this isn't working, I was in that contentment. I was fine. It was good enough. I was making money. The life was miserable and it sucked my soul rapidly and so often that I had to develop different habits and coping mechanisms to deal with like the, how the struggle of it. And so I know exactly what you're talking about. And every day of my life knowing I'm doing the wrong thing but never trusting myself to do something else and that just shifted in our lives four months ago real well realistically like three months ago yeah it's like the real like you know the what? real like you said, just I'm stepping off the cliff yeah it trust was, him it was the real one how long were you in that space of like I know that I'm unhappy but I've, I feel stuck here at least six years yeah yeah, yeah. yeah see yeah, and like, it was hardcore after our last was born like a year and a half ago 
Like he was to the point of tears driving mm. and leaving on the way to work. Yeah. Just like straight bawling. And he would tell me that. He's like, I literally bawl my eyes out leaving you guys in the morning when I kiss your heads goodbye. He's like, but I don't know what else to do. He's like, because you are in such fear of not providing for your family and your kids not having food or gas or whatever it is that you are willing to sacrifice every inch of your soul in your heart and cry and drown in your misery to make sure everybody else had, and that's how big of a heart trend has. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a tough spot though, and it's, um, tough, it's tough for anybody. Um, and I know that in, in my position, because I was the main provider in the house, it was mm-hmm. a really tough spot, it was really tough. Yeah, so like towards the end, it was, right before I like signed the lease on this spot, um, before we had that hope, because we were in this really weird spot for a while that it really wasn't working. Um, and then we signed the lease on a spot, you know, his job got cut by 50%. They got it happened two weeks after I signed the lease, or I never would have. Um, but, you know, everything in divine order, right? Mm-hmm. And then towards the end is when it it really got hard when we knew we still had more stuff to pay for it to you know fund the space but he was so done with where he was at and that's when he was like I'm literally bawling my eyes on the way to work and on the way home Mm. because I can't stand what I'm doing and you think about that and no one really sees that right like because a lot of family questioned like like um are you guys sure you're doing what you're doing? Are you sure it's the right thing? Are you sure, you know, and and they look at you from a standpoint of being a provider, not a person. And they're like, well, what's he going to do? What's he going to do for work? And then you're like, well, I don't know, but what he's doing now isn't helping anyone. It's destroying our marriage. He's crying. You know, we're crying. He's gone all the time. We're we're not that type. We're not. Some people that fucking works for I give it to him. I know some people it fucking works for. Us, it never worked for. And so people are like, he's going to do that? Why are you doing that? And you're like, you don't know the behind the scenes from Instagram and Facebook. Like, sure, things look incredible, right? Like, because why the hell would you post yourself bawling your fucking eyes out at 2 a.m.? You're not going to do that, right? Like, you're not going to do that. You're not thinking about making a story. (laughs) And so, like, um, you're like, no, because it caused a lot of trauma. And here we are trying to de-shed it. And we, we're doing a really good job at it. But, man, like when you're stuck in that spot and you value money because you feel like without money everything will die over your self-worth and your self-trust, like in your who God created you to be and had you be in a womb and your mom birthed you, like and you value you were brainwashed to value the rest differently. So what? Like, you know, so what? And we fell on some pretty hard times. But that taught us to not be so stubborn mm. and not ask for help. Mm. And hopefully, like, the people listening, their, uh, their path to trust themselves is not so uh, deliberately difficult. <laughs> yeah, well, I just want to acknowledge you, Trenton, hearing that story, like, first of all, hand to heart, because I was there. And my timeline was accelerated because I'm... I'm I just am who I am. Tell us your story. Because like, you had to feel the same way when you left college. Like Everyone had to look at you like, why are you leaving this sport? You're a fantastic athlete. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. Like I said, first I just want to acknowledge you. Before you turn the table, I want to acknowledge you because you. knowing that 
knowing the conditioning that the masculine receives and the weight that you guys carry in that role, in that being the provider and what you guys are willing to put yourselves through, I think that that karma is a lot, that path, that that branch in your timeline is, is probably, I mean, I can imagine it's only amplified times, I don't even know how much, but I've learned a lot. I've been learning a lot about the masculine masculine energy and feminine energy and polarity and duality and all of these things through tantra and different work that I've been doing and just deepening in such appreciation for the masculine and for what it does and I think that that may it makes me honor you even deeper because I it feels that much more courageous to step into that unknown when you are breaking that generational like literally like such a deep conditioning like collective generational individual like all literally all of the conditionings that you had around that yeah, and you sure. stepped off that path and I think that that's super commendable and I just wanted to to take a second to just like acknowledge that in you because I can't I I, I did it and I know it but it's it's amplified for you guys I know that it's, it's I a, appreciate that a lot and, and honestly I learned more about myself and, and masculinity during that time that, that's what led to the book Rewilding the Modern Man was about everything I learned, all the conditioning and the breaking of the conditioning to be a to be a true masculine, to try to honor that energy as strong as I could because I feel like the masculine energy it has been conditioned and used in a way where we've kind of become as men and it's shifting now, but almost as a, I don't want to use the word slave, but as, you know, you're forced to work and provide and that's your job and if you can't do that, well you're you're a piece of shit man and that's mm. just that's the condition and so Obviously, what Caitlin and I are doing now, like we're, we're still providing, but now we're providing together and balancing each other and bouncing off each other. Whereas before, it was like Kate was doing her own thing and I was doing my own thing, and then we'd meet in the middle once in a while to try to raise a family. And it wasn't, there was no yin yang balance. It was like two polar opposites that would come together once in a while and try to make things happen. And it was. And, um, Really I just celebrated him too recently. I, I actually was it yesterday or day before. He totally can't can't handle. He's looking <laughs> away. He totally can't handle handle things like this. Um, he always has had a really hard time with it. But I just celebrated him um, because I had the same realization. I was like, you know, like we're three months into this. Like you had to separate yourself from a really well paying job and then to a point where you had to ask for help. We had to ask for help. We never had to ask for help. We never did. And if we even got really close to it, we still like didn't, we still didn't. We would like just figure it out. We got to a point where we had to ask for help. Which was also very difficult. It was very difficult. <laughs> it was, I was on the phone with my mom at 3 a.m. bawling my eyes out asking my mom for help. Just a couple months ago. And you know what kind of realization that was when you are so cornered uh, back up against the wall that spirit did it on purpose, I'm sure. <laughs> um, and I, because I wouldn't listen to the small, the small ones, that they were like, okay, girl, you got to ask her. You got to call that mama. You better call her. <laughs> like, you need to reach out. You need to reach out. You need, you need the help. You need the help. And for us, it was monetary because it took so much to start the studio that we whew, we wanted to help people so bad that we sacrificed everything. Everything, because we wanted to heal. And, um, and felt that the path was, was lit. And was that if lit. We didn't, 
we did. It would all fall apart anyway. Yeah. So we sacrificed literally everything, everything we could. We sacrificed it. We didn't pay certain bills <laughs> um, so we could open the space. And it got to a point where we had to ask for help. Because, and you know, my mom and my dad and his parents, they believe they believed in our story so much at this point that they they asked why we didn't ask earlier. <laughs> and I was like, I guess pride? I don't know. I, and they were like, and you know, like my dad like dropped me off at the studio the one morning because I needed to have him give me a ride. And he was just like, it's going to be fine, honey. It's going to be fine. And you know what that was like to feel that love and compassion? Yeah, that, actually, I do. Yeah, <laughs> I you do. Get I, it. Yes, 100%. I went through a very similar journey. So you guys can't see me, but I'm over here like with all of my like <laughs> no. euphemisms and hand talking. But yeah, I'm receiving you so fully for sure. Yeah, when you had it, like when um, the parents that you thought weren't into your weird shit, um, <laughs> you know, drop you off in front of your studio and they're, they're telling you how proud they are of you. <laughs> and you're like, how can you be proud of me? I just had to ask you to help me with groceries. Like, I failed. And they're like, no, you didn't fail. Look what you did. Why didn't you ask me earlier? <laughs> and you're like, I don't know. <laughs> Because I would you know. <laughs> and then it's like burden released, right? Yes. You were carrying this heavy ass weight of feeling this shame and all of this emotion that which we were talking about before we started press before we press record of like this weight of these stories of the reality that we spin in our head and then we actually have the experience and it's like, Oh wow, oh my god, all of that was I whoa, I was putting that on myself. And I had a very similar experience in that like there, there are two things coming through for me. And the first is, is that this is what happens when you step off the path, is that you, you, you strengthen your muscle and your ability to get creative. Mm -hmm. Because when you feel that seed of desire, that spirit placed seed of desire in your heart, and you're in that no matter fucking what energy, you get creative and you find solutions. It's just what you do. For me, it was investing in mentorships, after mentorship, after mentorship, after mentorship and feeling the shame and re rewriting the money stories, which is a whole other episode that I won't get into right now, but I'm very <laughs> passionate about it. Rewriting the money stories of like, but abundance is like money. Abundance is from spirit. It's from the universe. Like, yes, it comes through different channels, but it's like, we think it needs to come through a job. But it's like, no, it comes through the discount on your dog's food at the grocery store. It comes from the person who paid and paid for your coffee in front of you. It comes from deciding to sell your clothes in your closet, deciding to sell the furniture that you no longer use. Like there is possibility for abundance all around you when you open your heart, open your mind to it. And yes, the abundance for me has also come from needing to ask and needing to be supported at points by my husband. My sister has supported me in different capacities and from my parents through asking for a loan in order to make this, in order to put myself in this, this investment, this mentorship that I wanted to be in. And I went through all of this shit. And I was like, in the spirit of vulnerability, I'm just gonna be completely raw and open and honest about like, I, I truly believe that money is one of my deepest mirrors in this lifetime. It was, one, it was one of my greatest teachers and it's also a direct mirror to the relationship that I have with myself. And it was always my greatest fear to run out of money. And then I ran out of money. <laughs> yes. It was literally my, one of my greatest fears in the world to run out of money. And then I ran out of the money. And, and I was like, my mentor Shoshana <laughs> often says, I hope that your worst fear comes true so that you can learn about who you are in the process. Oof. Oof. That's so true. Though. 
I hope that your worst fear comes to fruition so that it loses its power over you and you realize who you are in the process of that. Because so many tingles. Because I've lost, I, I ran out of money and guess what? I was still here and I still <laughs> had the desire and I was still doing everything that I could to get creative and make it work. I'm like, oh shit, so I'm not going anywhere? Oh, okay. Oh, it's actually okay for me to be supported by my spouse and my husband, which is receptivity, being willing, being willing, being able to receive support from people who want to give it to you. It's like they have the space, they have the abundance, they want to, to help you. It's like, and we have these stories from so many different places as to why that's not okay, but it was such a deep learning experience for me of not only that receptivity and being willing to be, being willing to be supported, releasing the shame, increasing my creativity. I needed a little bit more money. Do you know what I did? I went to, to, one, to one of my favorite stores and I asked, can I work here? Can I take out a grant from the store and can I work it off through working hours here? Oh, that's super creative. Creativity. You know that's what I mean? So as creative. soon as we remove the shackles of like where it needs yeah. to come from and start actually like buying into ourselves, believing in ourselves, opening up our perception of what's actually available to us, the whole world opens up. Yeah, it's all available. It's all that's there. so, yeah. That's so true. And, and there's always different avenues. Like there, you could even just walk and find money. Like, I mean, these things, it sounds crazy, but that's literally it comes to you when especially when you're at that point where you have no other option you have no and so you other option to the fact that i don't know what the fuck i'm doing i don't know how i'm gonna create this but i need this and i guess here i am like like you said like your back's against the wall you have no choice it's sink or swim and but at that point you you know you have to look inside and be really resourceful but at the same time you're like also surrendered to the fact that Maybe you don't have the answer, and then things just start to fall in place, and it might not be where you want it to come from. Yeah, and that's mm, a lesson. That you absolutely, learn, like, like being receptive. For me, it was, it's really difficult to be receptive, and that's something that I'm still working through. It. I don't know how long it's going to take. Probably a while, but it's hard. There's always been a guilt for me. Whenever I receive anything, I feel immediately like I have to reciprocate whatever it was I was given, and that's. Yeah, well, receiving is a feminine energy, right? Being willing to receive, like the feminine wants to be full. And so I think for whatever reason, I don't know the basis of it, but both men and women struggle with receiving. Women, women the guilt too, whether it's being having that need to be the provider or, or I don't know if it's unworthiness or what. It's layered, people. So I'm sure if you're listening to this, you probably have the same thing. Even receiving compliments. Yeah. yeah. Receiving is very, very, very high sensation. So if you, don't, if you aren't aware of what sensation is in your body, what kind of meaning are you making around that? Does it feel like anxiety? Does it feel oh. like discomfort? Or is it joy? Is it elation? Is it ecstasy? Is it pleasure? Oh, retraining the brain. Exactly. Retraining the brain. Creating empowering, creating empowering stories around what that means and just practicing really being in your body has been such a game-changing thing for me too. When someone's sharing a reflection with you of like how wonderful you are, it's like, okay, draw my attention down to my root chakra. Keep my heart open. Really allow these words to not only just like go in one ear and out the other but to land into my cells and really work on receiving that because it was it's it was it's definitely been a practice for me too for whatever reason whether it's just that it's high sensation whether it's that we feel unworthy of receiving the support the shame around it whatever it is I think that's something probably a lot of people resonate with yeah 100 percent 100 percent we're also taught to be humble all the time humble too. that's another thing like I don't, I don't know you know the learnings of women is you know when they're kids too but I know that like for a man there's like so many like almost like you like you're expected to just be 
you know, you want to be, you're told you, that you need to be this powerful and proudful man, but at the same time to not be boastful in any single way, to be humble about, you know, you, you work so, so, so fucking hard to achieve certain things, but then you can't, you can't, like, be happy about it almost. Like, you need to just kind of just work your ass off and be, but then not, I don't know. I don't know no celebration. That's yeah, landing yeah, for no sure. It's like no the moving of the goalpost. Yeah. yeah. It's like mm-hmm. you achieve the thing, but then it's on to the next. Not and it's like the next exactly. thing. And yeah. And there's no, I've gotten a lot, a lot from spirit guides um, lately with celebration. Yeah. Celebration. Yeah, baby. I've gotten it so much that like when they started coming through celebration, celebrate like through songs, through <sighs> listening, through meditations, through tarot, like I would get all these like, you need to celebrate, you need to celebrate, you need to celebrate. I was so excited in my chest, which is so sad, because I felt like I could finally start celebrating myself. I felt like I was never worthy in a position, good enough, no matter what I would have ever accomplished, that I could have ever celebrated what I accomplished. Like it was, and that totally comes from me, like from whatever point I developed that, but this celebration, so we, like, the other night, we were like, do you want to go get a glass of wine and celebrate? Like, Yay. and then we just did it. Like, and I time. was like. We celebrated opening the studio that we opened in January. We didn't even celebrate wow. the studio. Yeah. We never celebrated him quitting job, never celebrated opening the studio. We never even had a grand opening for the studio because we were so not celebrating our lives like other than birthdays, but then we were like not celebrating really anniversaries because we felt like we had to like, you know, still had so much to do. Not yes. basically not celebrating, you know, birthdays really to the extreme. We would just be like, oh, happy birthday, here's a cake. And that was like our celebration. It yeah. wasn't like a true celebratory, like yeah. this, we fucking accomplished this. We need to move on. And then I was getting it so much that I was like, if I keep ignoring this, I'm gonna get it like in a way I probably don't want. Yeah. So like I just learned my lesson about like getting things the hard way. So I was like, Trent, let's go out and celebrate. Like, oh, and let's guys. go out and just get a glass of wine, sit there, just you and I, and talk about what we just accomplished. Like that's not a bad thing. It's self love. It's it self love. Really 100% and that it will change your whole life if you take nothing out of this episode except for celebrate your life more and it's like oh yeah but I'll celebrate more when I have the thing no you're going to continue you're going to continue to perpetuate the lack of celebration and what celebration is is really gratitude and that is magnetism baby if you want more in your life learn to ravish learn to just be in such cracked oh, open celebration so yeah. Yeah. of what's already here because when you're full everything else is more yes and that's that's who spirit wants to give to is it's like the person who's like look at all this beauty this wonderful like this life that i've built around me i'm so glad that you brought this in yeah because it's true that's that's when the more comes and not only that it's not about the more it's about how you feel along the way yes because when you're constantly moving the goalposts, that's because I'm not enough, I don't have enough. Mm-hmm. So what you do when you learn to celebrate the things that are happening as they come, the connections that you're making, the conversations that you're having, the teeny tiny victories, whether it's making the bed in the morning, washing, folding, and putting away your laundry all in the same day. Like yes. I brushed my teeth two times today, baby. <laughs> yes, I had that hard conversation. Like there are differing scales of this, but it takes retraining of your mind. And if you look, you will find multiple things. You'll shock yourself, especially when you're somebody, I'm speaking from experience here, embodied experience, somebody who could never do enough in a day and no matter how much I did, it was never enough. I'm, I'm 
I'm really doing myself a huge disservice and I'm not celebrating the part of myself that came forward and worked so hard to do all of the things that I actually got done. It's like you did all this for me and I don't care. It still wasn't enough. Do you want to be in a relationship with somebody like that? No. No. So why would I do that to myself? I was for a very long time. And this is truly what changed the game for me, this conversation that we're having right now. The celebration, the gratitude in the now, the understanding that like I am so full. My life is so wonderful and everything else is more. Uh, yeah, 100%. And it's so funny. Yeah, it is really funny we're having this topic. That, so it's even more. That it's true. It's like, continue. <laughs> let other people know and continue. Yeah, for um, real. But I was talking to one of my friends uh, that I had over when she was doing cards for me. And it was the first time I actually ever had tarot done. Like, I would pull cards, but never, like, actually had the layout done. And um, she was, like, the celebration card. I was like, yeah, I know. I keep getting that meditation. I'm hearing it in songs. I'm getting meditation. She's like... I would listen. It's just like you got like two cards on it. And I'm like, yeah, but I just haven't gotten there yet where I want to celebrate myself. She's like, what? <laughs> and, like, and I didn't realize this was a trauma not everyone had. I'm sure a lot of people do, but I didn't realize not everyone had it. Like, because I assumed everybody had a problem with mm-hmm. it. And like, so I never even talked about it because I assumed it was something everybody experienced. And to an extent, maybe a lot of people do. But um, she was like, no, Kate, when you celebrate, celebration is a golden energy. Oh, yeah, it is. She's like, as soon as you celebrate, no matter what that is to you, whether it's buying a cheap bottle of wine, whether it's going, you know, whatever the coffee by yourself in your house with your favorite cookie, whatever the celebration is to you, as long as your gratitude is truly celebrating, you'll illuminate that golden energy and then you'll just attract more abundance through that avenue to you. And then like... This whole time, I thought, no, I'll attract abundance by, you know, just not celebrating. Because then I won't be distracted, right? <laughs> like, like, there was these blinders. Like, I won't be distracted. I will get abundance by, you know, not looking outside right where my eyes are. Yeah. Straight ahead, baby. Yeah. Straight ahead. Yep. Like, you know, like, no, yeah. no, no celebration. Yeah. And then she's like, no. Like, no every time you illuminate that avenue you're opening up this gateway where like these things you have been trying to receive can come down to you because why the fuck would you get like you know it's like if you're at a birthday party and these kids opening up presents and he's a dick about every present you're not gonna you're not gonna give him the toy he wants correct right because you're like even if you want that you know fifty dollar toy you were not grateful for any toy i got you in the past why would i give you anything else yeah so this kid gets less and less presents each birthday it goes past and doesn't understand yeah and then like but he but then the kid that gets the five dollar toy that was he didn't even ask for any toys he said no i just want people around and then people like, you know, just to celebrate love, whatever. And then this kid gets the, all these toys and then some because this kid just like is celebrating in a true celebratory. You want to give to them. Yeah. That's exactly how it works. They want to give to you when you're grateful. Mm, that like, was such a beautiful metaphor. Yeah. Yeah. Because we could all relate to that, right? Yeah. When we, when we meet someone in life that is grateful for us being around, we want to give to that, oh. with like whether it's monetary or energetically or mm. maybe even a service. Like we're like, oh, girl, I got you here. Just take it. Like I, I love you, and I know this is gonna work for you, or dude, whoever. But like, that's the perfect. But understanding and her breaking it down for me that was golden light and celebration attracted more celebration. 
I was like, oh, what the fuck? Yeah. Why wasn't I doing this? Yeah. And I want to just like for the listeners too, if it feels weird at first, it's going to. I just want to normalize that. Like I was in spaces, One, my, I, I worked with a mentor for 19 months, Shoshana, I've already spoken about her. And she t- that's one of her main values in, is celebration in the space. And it took, it took probably over a year for it to actually land and for it to keep and for me to start trying. And then the celebration felt a little weird. It's like I was saying it and doing it and like going through the motion of it, but it wasn't fully in my body yet. That's normal. Like keep trying, keep practicing, keep devoting yourself to that practice because as you do it, it brings so much joy into your life. And not only that, when you're in the right spaces with the right people, your celebration, like that's one of, I've now brought that into my spaces and the containers that I hold. Like, what are you celebrating? Before we even dive into anything else, it's what's something that you're celebrating? Because when you celebrate, I get high off your energy. It's like when you're, like I said, when you're in the spaces with the right people, with the kind of people that you want to be around, where the sisterhood wounds have been looked at, where there's, where where it's collaboration over competition, where you're allowed to be seen in the fullness of your light and your expression, and that's encouraged and celebrated. When you're around those people, they want you to celebrate, and then they want to be able to celebrate in return, and it's this beautiful vortex of golden energy, like you said, that we all get to elevate in, and it's, it is, it's, it's collective so now. beautiful. Yes, yes, and, and you know, when you start to celebrate, you feel special. Oh. Like, you feel like, you feel self-love. Mm. It just comes in. And you're like, you get this hit of like, I feel special, like I love myself. Like when you're celebrating and it's like really beautiful. And then you, depending on who you're celebrating with or maybe you're just celebrating yourself, like you'll have love for the person you're also celebrating. And you're like growing more in love with them because I don't know, you're celebrating. Like you're having this golden energy. It's It's not just for birthday parties. And it's an energy that your your inner child is is it's long overdue. Yeah. Especially if you go if you've gone through experiences of people pleasing, of unworthiness, of the perpetual doing that so many high achievers carry in their lives. It's like think about truly think about like being in relationship with yourself. Like are you somebody that you would want to be in relationship with Ooh. if you were another person? Like the way that I'm showing up for myself right now, is that somebody that I would keep in my life? That is really good advice like really good advice like taking the mirror to yourself like especially like if you have a spouse and you're like wow we're fighting all the time blah 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 blah. well like maybe think to yourself like would i yeah would i want to be in a relationship with myself is it Mm, me yeah is it me like would i want to be talked to like that would i want things said to me like that would i want to be because that is super powerful and that's super easy like would i want to and then it's even more powerful because you could even be like no i wouldn't Right. And you're like, wow. Mm. All right, we got some shit. <laughs> like, I don't, right. even be, I don't even want to be around me. Yeah. Like, yeah, then and, you have a choice to make. Like, do, do I just blame it on everybody else around me? Mm-hmm. Or do I, do I fix the root of the problem and start to love myself and take care of myself so that I can take care of other people? Yeah. And I know your listeners are the type of people who are going to do the latter. Otherwise, they wouldn't be here. They wouldn't be associated with you guys. They wouldn't be listening. Growth-minded people, the people who lean into discomfort, who know that their triggers are not about the world outside of them, but are about the wounds inside and are beautiful opportunities to heal and to learn. And that, re- that truly was revolutionary for me when I started showing up for the parts of myself. Because every part of you, every single part of you, whether it's a wounded aspect or not, is trying to be in service of you. 
whether it's a protection, whether it is some sort of limiting belief or wound that it's trying to protect you from experiencing again. Like there is no part of you that's not functioning in love. So instead of I hate this part of me and I want it to go away, it's like, hi, sweet girl. I've, I've written that in my journal so many times, I can't even tell you, because I'm speaking to that part of me. Hi, sweet girl. I can feel that you're trying to protect me. What is it that you're trying to show me? Instead of like, how long have I spent, do you know how much I've learned about myself and the parts of me who I spent years of my life berating? I'm like, you know what? I get it. I wouldn't have wanted to be in relationship with me either. I wouldn't have wanted to talk to me either. But I'm here now and I'm open and I want to receive you and you're safe. So can we please have a discussion? Are you willing to share with me what it is that you're experiencing so we can come into higher alignment, right? Because that's really the ultimate goal of getting to know these parts of self is like understanding that there's no part of you that wants to harm you. It's just a wounded expression. And being open to having those conversations without beating yourself up or making yourself wrong about it because you're perfect. You're beautiful in your, in your imperfection. And it's not about perfection. It's about you falling in deep love, which is the conversation that we're having. Falling in deep love with all parts of yourself because that's just going to contribute to your wholeness and your alignment and your experience of your life and your experience of yourself. That's it's so it's so funny the way this podcast because I totally thought this podcast was going to go in a different direction. Oh, uh, we so were going to go really like fun. full cosmic and aliens, <laughs> and we ended up being like full three D and full human. And it was so I it's actually so acknowledged beautiful. the same thing because I was like, wow, this was not the conversation that this was the conversation that was needed. And I think that there's so much potency in what was shared, and I think that there are so many people who are going to be able to see themselves in all of the situations that we talked about. Hundred percent, because I, I walking the avenue of self love is a difficult avenue because what the media and uh, ads tell you is self-love is not correct self-love so you think like I'm doing these things to take care of myself and you know I never really saw value in investing myself so much so that I really neglected myself I actually talked about that in a soul circle Mm -hmm. in October Mm -hmm. um Hannah does sister circles where we get together and do meditations and just kind of like vent out. And uh, I attended one in October. It's actually how I met Hannah on social media. Um, and uh, I would never invest in myself. I, I used to. And then I got to this weird point of abandonment of the self and I quit investing in myself. So I had to learn that what true self-love was. And I learned that through a lot of deep, inner work but so much so that like um my screensaver on my phone is you are the most you are the most valuable investment that you will ever make is the screensaver on my phone I had to scroll Mm. past all my notifications but um and I made that my screensaver because I was like no I'm fucking done because I can't love or celebrate I can't love Trenton I can't love my kids I can't love Hannah how I want to love you guys, if I do not love Katie, like if I do not love who I am and who I was and who I will be, like if I can't say, no, you're worth, you know, stopping by your favorite coffee shop and getting your coffee, like instead of driving past because you mm. want to. Like you're, you're worth those little fucking things. Like obviously like don't <laughs> rely on all of it all the time, same thing. But it'll always be different things and don't always push it off because you'll get to a place where I was that it started out slow and then it got heavy and picked up a lot of pace and picked up a lot of things and became a giant ball. Mm. And then all of a sudden I was a shell. I was a shell and I didn't know why. And I couldn't really honor or love other people. And I thought I did and I said I did and my mind did 
but my heart didn't. Like, I didn't feel this feeling of love, mm. this expression, because I was hollow because I didn't give anything back. No fucking wonder I couldn't celebrate. You know what I mean? So coming back to that point of self-love and celebration, a lot of people struggle with that. And I think it's so beautiful that the podcast went down that alley. And yeah. also self-love is also changing your life. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Like how we talked at the beginning of the podcast. That in itself takes so much courage and self-love mm-hmm. to make that transition. And you might even hate yourself after you make it. But you regain it when you regain respect and seeing your triumph out of the deep depths. Yeah. That's where you start gaining self-love back. Right. Well, it's like you said, Hannah, like, mm-hmm. as your life goes on, like, you find these other parts of you that are trying to protect you from things. You, you bump into something new and you're like, wait, why do I feel that way right mm-hmm. now? And you dive into your, your own ego and your own self and you're like, oh, because when I was 12, this happened to me and so I built this, def- this defense mechanism. Yeah. And when you take that time and you go, thank you for protecting me because you must have protected me from many things up until this point, but right now I don't need this attribute anymore. I can... You can go back, you know, and, and protect me later, or I'll just release you all together because you're not serving us anymore. Now you're hurting us. Yeah, and yeah, you yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That's really strong. It's really strong. It takes a lot to realize that. Yeah. It does. And that's honestly, that is the most powerful expression of self-love for me in my own journey, which has been a deep one of self-love, worthiness wound, right? That's what I came into this world with. The thing that has been the most transformational in my journey of self-love is repairing my relationship with myself. Mm. Because even though celebrate, there is an edge to celebration, and that's absolutely real. And it is going to feel difficult to go out and to get that, that, that glass of wine. It might. You might feel like you should be yeah. doing something yeah. else. That time could be better 100%. spent elsewhere. All the things. Uh-huh. That's real. And it's, it's the time where self-love needs to come in the most is when it feels the hardest. It's like, for me, I'll use a specific example for my life. How am I going to choose to treat myself? How am I going to show up for myself when I overindulge and overeat? Am I going to go into that punishment mode? Or am I going to carry, am I going to devote myself to that journey of self-love, that reparation with self that says, I do love every part of me, and I trust you. And if you wanted to overeat a little bit today, I'm fucking here for it, girl. Like, enjoy your food, you Taurus moon. Like, I love you. You know what I mean? Like, did you wake, like, in the moments where it feels hard to love yourself, in the moment, in the moments where you used to go into punishment of self, in the moments where you, these parts of yourselves that you used to beat down show up, who are you going to be in those moments? Because those are the moments that really matter. Yes, the lattes are great. Yes, the bubble baths are great. Yes, the yoga classes are great. All, all varying different levels of self-love and all very necessary. But for me, like where the, where the rubber really meets the road is when, when things get tough, it's like, how am I going to show up for myself? Can I be my own best friend? Can I treat the child that lives within me? Would I speak to myself? Would I speak to a child the way that I speak to myself? Absolutely not. Like in certain certain experiences, no way. I wouldn't punish a child the way that I've punished the inner child within me. So it's like, that's where, that's where truthfully, like the being shifting stuff has started to happen of like starting to show up for myself differently in the moments that really matter, in the moments where I really need the support, where I really need the love from someone, being able to give the, that, that to myself in those moments. Yeah. Like so. On the same topic, we got a good friend of Caitlin and ours, um, we were in an enlightenment, enlightenment course with her, and she had gone through some things, and her therapist told her that she needed to say the things that she was saying in her head, in the mirror, to herself. Mm. Looking in her eyes. Looking in her eyes to say those things. And 
course, no one can do that. You can't look right. in the mirror and, and tell yourself. I tried. Something. I couldn't even get halfway through what I was about to say. Like, I was like, oh, my God, what's wrong with you? You know what I mean? Because you're so shell-shocked. Like, you're like, I can't even. Like, what am I saying? Yeah, you can't say it. You it's can really say powerful. You say it in your head all the time. Yeah. But when you look yourself in the eyes, you realize, I'm a human being. I'm, like, I'm talking to somebody here. Like, this inner voice, that self-limiting voice, is reciprocating inside of you, and it's bouncing around all day long. But when you look in the mirror, like she was saying, like, you could break down and go, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry that I've spoken to you that way for so long. Mm. And you're like, you're right. I got to I gotta change this. I got to change the inner voice so that it's working with me instead of against me. And as soon as you start loving yourself, it draws back to self-trust. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They absolutely. all circulate. Like for self-trust, sure. self-love, celebration. These are all things that go hand in hand. And, like, without one of them, you really can't have the other. Like, but one develops the other. So it's, it's like, as long as you continue down the road with one of those, you're going to bridge into the next one Absolutely. and into the next one. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, cool. This is why I couldn't celebrate before because I didn't love myself. I sure as hell didn't trust myself. So why would I have celebrated? Right. So, but when you start working on those things, you're like, maybe it's celebration at first and through celebration, you find self-love. And then maybe through the self-love, you find self-trust. Like whatever avenue you decide, but I do believe they all go hand in hand and vibrate pretty similarly. And then you're inviting all this beautiful golden light in mm. and then things start really coming in for you. Absolutely. And, and you you're like, hell yeah. Like yes. Yourself. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And you connect with these cool ass people. Yeah. And you're like, cool yeah like, this is awesome like who knew life gets to get to be this good right. yes and it just gets to keep getting better and so that's I think one maybe last reflection I, that I want to share is like it's really easy to um just be in a rush I think is the simple way that I want to put it and if you're listening to this podcast and it's so funny right like it's personal growth and suddenly we're, we're beating ourselves up through the process of personal <laughs> no. growth because we're not doing it right or doing it fast <laughs> enough it's like it's so crazy it's I'm so not trippy. meditating right right not, it's like oh yeah. but I'm, I'm not doing any of this and mm -hmm. it, like I just want to just like I just want to send so much loving heart energy to every single person who's listening to this episode and just like reiterate to you reaffirm to you that your path is perfect and your timing is perfect. And being in a rush urgency really is the vibe killer and the journey is the thing. And it's like, you're going to get there exactly when you're meant to get there. It's not meant to be instantaneous. Like the process, the unfolding is a slow process. And if you, if you start leaning into, if you're already open to some of these concepts that we've talked about, the faith, the self-trust, the self-belief, like whatever it is, you just need to take one step at a time. That's all you need to commit to. All you need to open yourself up to is being, being available for the next available thing, right? For me, it was the move out to Pittsburgh, and then it was the job at Tags, and then that wasn't aligned anymore, so it was the job at Topgolf, the, the certification at IIN, the first investment in self, the second investment, the third, the 20th, like wherever that's led, but it's, it's always been one step at a time. Yes, maybe with a longer vision of who you desire to become and what you desire to create in the process. And if that lights you up, great. If it doesn't, let it go because it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Like it's, there is no rush. It's going to unfold perfectly. It's going to unfold in divine timing. And there's nothing that you can really, you, there, you can't mess it up. 
Yes. Like what's for you can't like what's for you is literally not going to miss you. And I've I've had so many beautiful evidences of this in my life and that's what gets to happen when you commit to your path is that you do get to continue gathering evidence. Your faith grows, yeah, your trust evidence. grows. Yes, you yeah. get to gather evidence that you're provided for, 100%. that you're guided, that you're held, that you're supported, that everything gets to work out exactly as it's meant to. And you're going to get you're going to get to your, to the point on your path that you wanted to be and look back over what you did and you're like, "Damn, that didn't go the way I thought it was going to go, but I needed every single moment. I needed every single moment and every single learning that I gathered along the way. So I love that. I love, I love the evidence part. Cause I was going to touch on that too. Like uh, when you first do it, like just really quick, when you first jump into the water, you have no evidence of that you're going to succeed yet. You have nothing to look back on. So no wonder it's so insane for you to do it. And it's so hard to, cause there's nothing to fall back on and say, well, I did it before and blah, blah, blah. No, this is your first time. But like Hannah just said, as soon as you start doing it and you gather evidence that, you know, you got your own back, spirits got your back, your people got you back. Like, you know, you're gonna gather people that are gonna get your back. Like people are gonna fucking get you. Like then you gather all this evidence and then you can, it's easier and easier and easier to keep going. Right. And you build trust. Yeah, you, you build, build trust. You build a reason to trust yourself. It's, I'm so happy with this. I feel so proud of this podcast because oh. I'm like, this went so beautifully. And I like the more I think about it, like being a self-trust and a self-love and taking the, you know, the next step and, you know, sharing our stories mm -hmm. even, I think it's going to be so incredibly powerful. And it's so funny because I wanted to talk about mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we can do another episode. Let's do another like three. Mm -hmm. I literally right. enjoy right. it every time I come to talk to you guys. <laughs> and we could, like I love, don't get me wrong, I love the esoteric, I love the spiritual conversation. And there comes a point which spirit led us to today where it's like, we've gathered the knowledge to be able to create bridges for people. And I bridges. think this episode where you actually have real tangible conversations of like where things started and powerful ways to shift your being and gratitude and celebration, which truly is like the potion of all potions, sprinkle that fairy dust on your life and watch what happens. Like that's stuff that people can really take away and start applying to their life when maybe they are still in a place of being in that job that's sucking the soul out of you or not being in full alignment and starting to gather that courage and that trust in self that says, I trust my intuition and I trust my body to tell me when something's out of alignment and I'm gonna fucking take a step forward and just yes. see what happens yeah, I'm gonna do it. <laughs> yes yeah I think it's beautiful I think it's absolutely perfect what we needed and I am so happy to have you on Hannah I'm so 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 happy and there will definitely be other podcasts yes please. and I'm so happy with the way this podcast went because I really do I shared a part of my story I've never shared. Mm. So yes, I shared a part of my story that I've never shared. Um, and it's, it's, it was because it was so recent. So I didn't feel like there was enough distance and time with it for me to share it. And uh, you know, I'll share more, maybe you know, in distance and time. Yeah, for <laughs> but, sure. Uh, it was a part of my story I've never shared. So it's super powerful you could bring that out in me and, be, and feel so comfortable in your space um, that they need to hear it too. Thank you. Yeah. Very powerful. All right, Hannah, tell peeps where they can find you. Find me on the gram, peeps. That's where <laughs> I hang out the most. Um, my handle is at Hannah Joyce with two H's. So it's H-A-N-N-A-H-H Joyce, J-O-Y-C-E. Um, I would say connect to me there, but I'm also feeling so fired up about in-person right now. So I host the in-person sister circles. I'm starting an in-person ecstatic dance experience, which I'm super excited about. That gets to be a really deep, beefy space of like a healing portal. Like I said, that connection to my body really started 
started transforming my life. And so I'm really excited to bring that space to people. But I love going to fitness classes. I have class pass. I'm going to come to your guys. Ryan and I are so excited to come try a kettlebell class here and do the fire and ice, the fire and ice experience that you guys have. So like, seriously, hit me up on Instagram. I run virtual programs too. I have a manifestation program and embodiment program and I'm starting a mastermind as well. There's so much going on in my space, but truthfully, like my favorite part of this is meeting and connecting with like-minded souls. So feel Mm -hmm. free to reach out. Um, I'm here to have any conversations to just like get to know who you are as a person, as a soul. And, um, yeah, connect in any way that feels nourishing for you. So thank you guys so much for having me on. Yes. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to yes. bring you guys on to my podcast as well. Um, yeah, tell about your podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I literally forget. I do, have, I do have a podcast as well. It's called The Wild and Free Podcast. And I just like you guys are crushing it on the podcast front. So I just want to reflect that to you as well because I know how much work it is. to. Sp- I know how much work it is to record an episode, to edit an episode, to be posting. So the, the amount, the, the content that you guys are putting out is so impactful and it's like it's really yeah commendable the the pace at which you guys are, are doing that you're really doing it like you're doing it for real and it's amazing thank you and i yeah. really appreciate that yeah because sure. a lot of people don't know the work that goes into yeah it's there's not many yeah. episodes on there i have i have a couple i want to say nine altogether. some of them are microdoses which are like little snippets of thoughts or streams of consciousness yeah. that i have but i do love that platform because instagram is kind of limited in the I think the windedness that I'm able to have and people's attention spans are short mm-hmm. on Instagram. So I do do some longer form stuff on there. And if there's just like a riff that's coming through or something that feels alive, I love yeah. having the podcast for that. Oh, really yeah. nice. Those yeah. kinds yeah. of transmissions. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, your one podcast brought me to tears. Um, I was a while ago. Remember yeah, me telling you? I sent it to you. Oh. He was still working. I sent it to him and I was like, I seen like your post on Instagram. So I listened to it. I was actually just got out of the shower. So I was sitting in my towel on the bed. And um, yeah, it brought me to tears. It was just oh, a quick mini that. episode. And it was just that maybe similar how this podcast will be for people. It just really hit home in the people aspect, like that human experience aspect mm-hmm. where I was at in like my human experience, not so much my spiritual experience. And um sometimes I do so much spiritual work that I forget about the human work yeah and so like I do so much in the spiritual work and then I'm like holy shit my human self needs some help yeah and your podcast just like came right in like Mm -hmm. I received it very well and to the point of tears sent it to Trenton and I was like you gotta listen to this on your way home it's a quick podcast and um yeah it really hit home so definitely check out Hannah's podcast thank you babe you're welcome we'll put all that in the show notes yeah so you you have it write it down in the car yeah Yeah. (laughs) please don't do that that? (laughs) (laughs) like rewind rewind yeah (laughs) yeah we'll we'll put her tag for Instagram in there too and, Mm -hmm. and all the all the places you can find her as well um you do the soul sister circles at inner light right correct yeah every last Sunday of the month is the um sister circle at inner light which is a beautiful such an incredible space and it's really yeah Oof, yeah. There's don't underestimate the power of getting a group of soul-led spiritual women together in a room. There's absolute magic that happens. So the sister circle is every last Sunday of the month at Inner Light, and then the ecstatic dance experience is going to be at Yoga Flow, um, in in Mount Lebanon in the South Hills. So there's going to be those two experiences available. But like I said, if you are like if we get in touch and you're in my community and you're a fitness instructor, let me know where you're at because like I love bumping like bopping around, going to all the all my people's fitness classes is like one of my favorite things to do so like i said find me on the gram all right and we'll connect there awesome sounds good thank you anna thank you guys (laughs) 
In case you forgot, this podcast is sponsored by the book sales of Rewilding the Bonded Man, a book about optimizing hormones specifically for men naturally. And we're also sponsored by the book sales of Awakening the Tranquil Warrior, which is Caitlin and I's path from fat to fit as young adults, infertile, and then too fertile. Very, very fertile. We're also sponsored by Energy Fitness Studios in Washington, Pennsylvania. And we're sponsored by the Old Road Farm. And if you don't know why we're sponsored by them, it's because we really care about their products. We care about their family. And if you want to know more about it, you need to check out the podcast with Carice Tressel earlier on in um, this first season here. Also, check out their website at theoldroadfarm.com and find out why their products are superior 